Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Heat Nation, welcome into Believe in Miami Heat. I'm your host, Joey Levin, back for another week. And my, what a week it has been. Has there been, in recent memory, in the regular season, more of a whirlwind of emotions over a two-game series for the Miami Heat after losing by 47 points Tuesday night to the Milwaukee Bucks, their first game since beating the Bucks 4-1 in the NBA playoffs last year. They come back one night later, both nights without Jimmy Butler, and beat the Bucks 119-108 in an absolute statement game for the people that have been talking about the Miami Heat, that have potentially looked at the op- starting one and two and said, oh, well, maybe. And and I'll say, some of it, myself included, talking about maybe the Heat need to make moves. Maybe something's not right. Maybe, I think you look at the, what this team did, 119-108 against a full-strength Milwaukee Bucks team without Jimmy Butler coming off of a 47-point loss. And you got to feel pretty good about where the Miami Heat are and what they did in the fourth game of the season to move to two and two. I'm going to break down a bunch of observations from the game, a lot of good, a lot of reasons to actually be pretty excited and feel really good about where the Miami Heat are after four games, despite a couple slip ups, a loss early in the a loss in the first game, a huge loss to the Bucks. Not going to let the Heat off the hook for a 47 point loss. Inexcusable, obviously, anytime you lose like that. But there are some things to look at from that game that we'll discuss because we haven't discussed it on this show obviously since then but really what an what a statement what a bounce back a huge huge win for Miami for momentum going forward we'll break it all down but first look NBA college basketball they're back NFL college football like I tell you every week playoffs are right around the corner all these sports are going on there's plenty of bets to lock in if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat uh, you're probably not. I I don't know. Maybe you are. It's. I mean, the odds aren't great. You're not going to make a lot of money. Maybe you want to pick a sleeper like Charles Barkley and go pick put $100,000 on the Blazers. I wouldn't suggest it, but hey, to each his own when you're gambling. Uh, or hey, maybe you want to pick somebody to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. You got to go to betonline.ag. I'm going to give you, I'm looking at, I, I've been on a pretty much a heater since Christmas, since Christmas Day. I've been, I've been winning a lot of bets. I'm looking at New Year's Eve. I'm looking ahead to December 31st from when I'm recording this show. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, that is New Year's Eve. So if you want to bet on some games for tonight or a game you're looking at, I'm looking at the New York Knicks getting nine points, the Knicks plus nine against the Toronto Raptors. I'm not going to say lock. I don't like to say locks. I'm not going to guarantee anything, but I feel pretty damn good about this one. The Raptors are bad. They're 0-3. They cannot score the basketball. The Knicks, two-game win streak, including a 20-point win over the Milwaukee Bucks, who we're going to talk a lot about on this show. Tim, Tom Thibodeau, defensive coach, has that team kind of rolling right now? Like I said, the Raptors not good. Knicks plus nine, not guaranteeing a win by any means, but nine points, it's a big number. I'm taking it. Spreads, game totals. Team, player, and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casino as well. It never closes. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's 
betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your sports, your online sports book experts. All right, so like I said, the Heat lost a couple nights ago to the Milwaukee Bucks, 144-97. Uh, without Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler is day to day at the moment with an ankle injury. We'll see when he comes back. But obviously, if you watched the first game, he tweaked his ankle and it's so early in the season. Yes, it's a shortened season, but it's so early in the season. You got to let the guy rest. You got to let him get healthy and you got to actually see what you have without him on the floor. Because as we've seen, as we saw in the playoffs last year, one guy going out, and last year it was Goron, but Jimmy was banged up and Bam was banged up. We got to see what, what these young guys are capable of without Jimmy on the floor. And I'll talk about it in a few, but I, <laughs> it did not look good with Jimmy off the floor Tuesday night. Now, talking about Tuesday night in the 47-point loss, inexcusable. You can't lose by that. You just... It's, a, it's kind of crazy to even fathom it. I worked in the NBA for a long time. I worked for a team that won seven games in a season, and I honestly don't remember losing by 50. We might have. We probably did. Almost certainly did. We had huge losing streaks. Uh, we had all these. We had bad. We, I mean, we won seven games. I just don't remember losing by 50. Now, we probably did, but it, it, wasn't in, it was inexcusable then, and it's certainly not something that a team that's coming back from going to the NBA Finals, even without your best player, uh, you still have another all-star level player, you st- another max type player in Bam Adebayo. We'll talk about him in a second. So it's not, ex- I'm not letting them off the hook, but you look at that game. First game back, first game for the Bucks against the Miami Heat since getting dog walked in the playoffs last year, 4-1, after being, having the back-to-back Best record in the NBA two years in a row, back-to-back MVP and defensive player of the year in Giannis Antetokounmpo. So you had to know that that team was coming out on a mission to to send a message to Miami Heat and to the league. Like, that was that was they were the ones trying to say, "Hey, this was a fluke. Come on, this was not real." So from the beginning, they came out with more energy, they came out with more fire, and they just looked like a team that was coming out. That even if Jimmy Butler played in that game, it seemed like. The Heat were going to lose by 30, 25, 30 points on Tuesday night just based off of all of the everything coming together the way it did. But then not only did they play harder, did they come out with more of a fire, with more of an energy, with more of a reason to win that game, but then they, they just didn't miss. Like you could blame some of it on the Heat's defense. You could, but I'll... I would say that the Heat's defense really has not been terrible early in the year. It's actually what the Heat do, they've been pretty good at. Uh, But when I watch that game on Tuesday night, and I'm watching Dante DiVincenzo go five for six from three, Drew Holiday go six of 10 from three, uh, as a team, 29 of 51, they set the NBA record for three pointers made in a game. You shouldn't win by, you shouldn't lose by 47 points, but it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, at that point, when, when a team shoots 57% from three, 29 threes, the most threes in NBA history. Think about that. Think about that. In a single game, it's talking about four years of the Warriors, and they never did that. We're talking about some of the best. Sh- We're in the era of the most three-pointers ever shot in the Bucks, who are, I guess they have, they have some decent shooters, but that, that game's never going to happen. I mean, they're not going to do that again. 
They're never going to do that again. And even and if they do hit 29 threes in a game again, they're going to have to take 70. They're not going to go 29 and 51. So again, no no Jimmy uh and and just one of the most absurd shooting nights you'll ever see, not letting the heat off the hook. But I didn't panic, although there were some questions like where's the offense come from without Jimmy this and that, but I just don't, it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought. But I did think coming out of that game, big, big question, like big questions to answer Wednesday night. Like, what do the Heat have in them? What can, what are they going to do? How do they answer? Especially with Jimmy Butler sitting out for a second game in a row with this ankle thing. And I'll tell you, this win. You know, I, I, what I expected Wednesday night without Jimmy was he'd come out, play really hard, keep it close through three and a half quarters, lose by five to ten points. I really I felt that way because it just seemed like even though obviously losing by 47 points Tuesday night is awful, it just seemed like without Jimmy, the Heat, I mean, clearly the Heat don't really stack up in the East the way the East is right now without Jimmy Butler. So it just seemed like, okay, they can fight, they can play defense, uh, and and give you know, give it a, make it a little bit of a battle through three and a half quarters. But then, you know, the Bucks with Giannis and Middleton and Drew, the team got better no matter way no matter how you look at it. It is concerning for them to lose the game the way they did, but that's another story for another podcast. But uh I didn't think the Heat would win. But to come out and not only win, but really, you know, they won 119-108. But if you you watch the second half of that game, it didn't even look that close. The Bucs probably, you know, they scored some points in scrap time. And uh, and 108, they probably, probably, when the game was really, when it really, when they really had a shot, they probably would have scored like 102-103. The Heat's defense was just insane. Uh, and and I'll tell you this, you know, we look at giving up 144 points and coming into Wednesday night, the Heat's defense hasn't looked perfect. But here's one of the positives that I've observed, and it, it continued tonight, although it wasn't as good as the other night, but the other night was different. The Heat's defense is predicated on not allowing teams to score points in the paint. And we saw that in the playoffs. We saw that that's how they shut down Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's how that's that's what they do. If you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us from 3, and we're still going to defend the three-point line, which that has to be better, has to be better. But coming into Wednesday night, the Heat were first in the league, despite being 1 and 2, first in the league in defense and opponent points in the paint at 36 per game. Now, what's amazing about that is on Tuesday night when they lost by 47, the Bucks only scored 26 points in the paint. It it really was not like a beatdown where they were just more physical and they did all these things. It was just them shooting the lights out. Wednesday night, 36 points in the paint. So they kept the average. They stayed, they stayed where they've been at for the first three games, which is the best in the league defending the paint. That is an extreme positive. When you look at this Heat team, that is 
one of their foundation defensive pieces that they talked about all playoffs last year. Like that was the thing was you're not scoring on us. You're not getting into the paint. You're not going, you're not scoring in the paint and 36 points on Wednesday. The bucks only score 108 points, which is not a ton of points in today's NBA. So you're looking at it from a defensive standpoint. There have been some things that they've struggled with. Surely, of course, but four games into the season, four different starting lineups. You, you know, you look at a guy like Mo Harkless, who, unfortunately, you know, I talked on this podcast about how I thought that Mo Harkless could potentially replace some of the stuff that Jim, that Jay Crowder brought to the team last year. And I, and could, after four, after three games, really, can you give up on the guy? You know, you hate to say you give up on the guy, but wow, I mean, he has looked. I mean, we'll just call it what it is. He's looked absolutely terrible. He played three and a half minutes on Tuesday night. He was minus 16. He had two awful turnovers. He can't shoot right now. Wednesday night, doesn't play. Out of the rotation. Heat's, Heat have a new starting lineup. Aver, uh, excuse me, Tyler Bra- Tyler Hero, Avery Bradley, Duncan Robinson, Andre Godala at the four, and Bam back at the five. Myers Leonard does not play. Uh, Mo Harkless does not play. Plays eight seconds, I guess. At the end, of the, it must have been at the end of the half or at the end of the game. I didn't even notice that. Um, so that's the other thing that you got to look at with this team through four games. Now, even though it's been up and down, loss, win, loss, win, four different starting lineups, and this is another staple of what Eric Spolstra does. This is every year. Every year, we go. Miami is figuring out their rotations basically throughout the entire season. And particularly this year when you lost Jay Crowder, who was extremely important, and you bring in guys like Avery Bradley, and you bring in guys like Mo Harkless and Precious and some of these other players, and you're still trying to figure out what are these young guys really? Is Kendrick not a player? Uh, what what is what 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 level of star can Tyler Hero be? What level of star is Bam? What is the, you know, you're still figuring out a ton of things. Is Kelly Olenek the main backup? Is Myers Leonard the main? You know, it's going to be game to game. It's going to be situation by situation. But I think what you saw on Wednesday night was a few, there's a few things that came out of it in terms of rotationally that are positives that you can build on that I think going forward, you know, for a fact, this is, this is, was a great thing for the Heat in terms of winning basketball. Number one is when you when you're all star, your best player, the guy who is your clear leader, doesn't play. There's a reason. Like for example, the Clippers this weekend lost by 51 to the Mavericks. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard. Okay, so is that an excuse to lose by 51 to Dallas? No. And that's why you pay Paul George the the max contract that you paid him because he's the guy who's supposed to be able to keep you in games. That doesn't mean you have to win that game because sometimes teams are just on fire. It's the NBA. It's a weird season. There's no fans. How much is that affecting teams' ability to rally, especially at home? You know, it, it is a weird year. There seems to be a few more blowouts than we're used to right now in the NBA than normal. Is that because of no fans? Is that because of the lack of energy? But the, the point is... When you have a Kawhi Leonard who's out and you pay a Paul George to be that second guy, 
Part of the reason you pay him to be that second guy is if Kawhi Leonard is in foul trouble or he, or he is out or he can't play for a stretch, well, you still got a, an all-star and a superstar to be that second guy. And I bring up that point because on Tuesday night, Bam just didn't look good. Now, he started at the four. I've, you know, I think most people would agree he's definitely more of a natural five at this point in his career. He was minus 32 on the game, which I don't totally always go off of plus minus because everybody was a minus in a blowout game like that. But 12 points, only took seven shots, six rebounds, four assists. It's five turnovers. It's just not, that. that's not going to cut it. So if Jimmy's out and Bam doesn't play well, I mean, you, Bam's your other max guy. And Bam is a guy who some people think is already approaching top 10 status in the league. He's pretty damn close. He's one of the best big men in the league. It's not going to cut it for him to have a game like that. Your second all-star has to step up. Well, Wednesday night, Bam was an all-star. Bam was the max player that you're paying him to be. 22 points, 8 rebounds, 10 assists, a steal, 2 blocks, 7 of 13 from the field, got to the line 10 times. That's the type of performance. You have that kind of performance from Bam. You're going to be in every game. And that's what you're going to need. You're going to need him to have those type of sustained efforts really throughout the season. That's what you want, right? Yeah, of course you want that from him. But particularly if Jimmy Butler's out or if he's out for a few weeks with a lingering ankle injury, there's a difference between teams like the Heat and a team like, like a Memphis right now who, without John Morant, they're going to be bad because they just don't have the other guy. Or the Timberwolves, who maybe have the other guy eventually, but without Carl Anthony Towns, they are just not a very good team. But the Heat are built as such that defensively and with Bam, they should still be com- at least competitive in games. But the way he played Tuesday compared to the way he played Wednesday, obviously it has to trend more towards Wednesday. And it's a great sign to see him come back after a young guy, by the way. We're talking about really young players like Bam, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. You got three guys in your starting lineup there that have only been in the league for two or three years. So it's a it's big deal to see a guy who you did give your the big money to. You gave him that max contract. He deserved it. And now this is the type of game where not only did he step up, but the Heat were, for much of the second half, they were pretty dominant. So it's a great thing to see. Um, then you look in terms of rotations and who's going to step up and and what this season's going to be like. You know, I, I would say like I've I've heard some people say Tyler doesn't look totally comfortable or Tyler doesn't look totally right early in the year. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at something different, but I feel like the only bright spot on Tuesday night against the Bucks was Tyler Hero. 23 points, 9 of 16 from the field, 7 assists, uh, you know, efficient, 3 of 8 from 3. And then Wednesday night in this, I mean, 21 points, 8 of 13 from the field, 2 of 6, 15 rebounds. 15 rebounds. Uh, that's that's absurd from the guard position. Obviously, obviously a career high, 4 assists. Tyler looks good, man. Tyler looks good and he's only going to get better. And, you know, I think he's it's, he's getting used to playing 
he's going to get used to playing longer minutes in a regular season, which he didn't have to do last year uh, as he worked his way into the rotation. But the kid looks really good. Uh, So I think fans should be happy to see that in terms of where the core pieces are at. Uh, And then Goran, Goran Dragic, I feel like Goran looks potentially better right now than he did before his injury. Uh, he had 26 tonight, and he, I know he, everyone played bad last game, so I can't count that game. But 26 on Wednesday night, 9 of 17 from the field, 4 of 7. He looks fast. He's shooting the ball well. He's getting to the rim. He's still doing those, getting to the rim and making those little pivot moves and and scoring, you know, those little hooks and, and uh, fallaways and whatnot. Goron looks great, which is extremely extremely encouraging i've said i think i said that after the last game but it's extremely encouraging for miami to see him playing the way he's playing i was wondering at a point like do you if you struggle to score the ball does he eventually move back into the starting lineup but i think coming off the bench 26 points in 26 minutes uh you got to keep him there he's such a huge boost for a team that goes through lulls where you know scoring is not the easiest Especially without Jimmy Butler, there you know a lot of their offensive identity revolves around being able to move the ball around and shoot the ball, but also Jimmy Butler being that facilitator. So having Goron coming off the bench, continuing to play the way he's playing, huge positive. And part of the reason why you probably don't move him back in the starting lineup even at all is until Jimmy gets back. Is you look at Avery Bradley now. Uh, as bad as Mo Harkless has been, and remains to be seen what happens. I, I gotta imagine Mo Harkless probably not going to get many minutes going forward. Maybe it'll be a, a matchup thing, but I he's had three matchups so far, and he hasn't matched up pretty much with anybody. Uh, so I would say he. Pro- but Avery Bradley, he is a dog, man, and he's doing the things that everyone touted him for when he came to Miami. He's doing the things that uh, everyone around the league knows him for. The hard-nosed defense, getting after it, ball hawk, um, playing hard. And then when he can come in and add 16 points, 2 of 6 from 3, 6 of 11 from the field, uh, get, get you a steal and just play hard and play the way he played, he looks like a perfect addition, and he's, I think, you know, after not playing early on, I think he'll he's fully entrenched. I don't see him leaving the rotation, and when, when Jimmy comes back, if you want to stick with this small lineup with Iggy, Iggy at the four, having Avery Bradley and Goran Dragic off the bench is, is a pretty nice... Uh, a pretty nice guard duo to be able to go to or just, you know, mix and match based on matchups and f- where you need to go. Because even Tyler Hero, Avery Bradley, and Jimmy with Duncan, when Duncan's resting, is a pretty stout defensive backcourt. So, you know, looking at that from the rotation standpoint, as as Spolstra tries to figure things out, uh, you got to look at those guys as the core 
as the season goes on, those are the guys whose minutes will go up. Certain guys' minutes will go down. Still got to figure out, you know, Precious's minutes are going to continue to go up. He looks good. Uh, Kelly Olynyk looks good offensively. So, like I said in the playoffs, there's just games where you probably need him to play because offensively he brings you a different kind of spark as a big man than anything they have on on, on Miami. Played 29 minutes. Uh, so, you know, it, it was a great all-around team effort. Yeah, and there were so many positives from Wednesday night's game that you could take moving forward. Coming into the game, the Heat were last in the league in opponent fast break points per game, 19 per game by opponents. Wednesday night, only 10 points, only 10 fast break points by the Bucks. So that's, I mean, that's encouraging. 31 points in, on fast break points by the Bucks on, on Tuesday. So one night turnaround, huge difference. Coming into Wednesday night, Heat were last in the league in rebounding. thirty Just 36 rebounds per game. Wednesday night against the Bucs in, in a huge win, 52 rebounds. Out-rebounded the Bucs, 52-47. So just one night after having one of the worst losses in franchise history, maybe the worst loss in franchise history in, in terms of the regular season, it just, to, to be able to turn around and have a game like that really says a lot about the the team and that the culture is really it's a real thing they don't take this they're not just taking the regular season lightly to get to the playoffs um and to be able to step up and beat a team that's going to have one of the best records in the NBA again maybe not the best but one of the best records in the NBA again without Jimmy Butler it says a lot about these young guys it says a lot about where the development of the team could be headed and when you look at the season right now, it's easy to be like, oh, two and two, a bad loss. Um, you know, Jimmy's injured, lost. But don't forget right now, when you're looking at this this team, two and two, a, a, a fluky blowout type loss to the Bucks, and a loss in game one to the Magic by six, who, by the way, the Orlando Magic are now the only unbeaten team left in the NBA playing great basketball. So when you look at the schedule and you look at what the Heat are doing at two and two, you got to feel pretty good after four games. You got to feel pretty good. Once the Heat are totally healthy, you got to feel pretty good. Uh, it wasn't all perfect. I'm not going to sit here and say it's, it's it was all perfect because the the huge issue right now because even the three point shooting, I think you look at it and you're like, oh, they're not shooting great from three. But through the first three games, they shot 36 percent from three. On Wednesday night, he shot 38% from three. Last year, they were second in the NBA in three-point shooting at 37%. So they're, you know, shooting the ball the same. So, but the issue that has to get cleaned up, that has to get cleaned up is the turnovers. I mean, the, t- the turnovers are just absolutely, a, it, it's, it is a problem. Entering Wednesday night, last in the league in turnovers per game, 20 per game, 22 more turnovers Wednesday night, which actually is remarkable that the Heat turned the ball over 22 more times Wednesday night and were still able to win the game and win it pretty handily. But just a lot of sloppy passes, a lot of, a lot of, you know, the Heat do a really good job of getting into the paint and throwing up the lobs 
to Bam and now Precious from time to time when the help comes. But I think teams are starting to scout that a little bit because I've seen a few turnovers off of that. Um, Just a few reckless, careless, you know, one-handed passes or, you know, getting a steal and then giving it right back up. It's just kind of sloppy offensive play early. Uh, but 20, 20 turnovers a game ain't going to cut it. And after you don't freak out after four games, but that's obviously being last or first, whichever the way, whichever way you look at the rankings. But being in last place in, in any category like that is not good, uh, no matter how many games it is. It's not, I mean, the Heat were bottom half of the league in turnovers last year, too. They were still turning the ball over a decent amount, but not like this. Uh, but it's, it's one of those things where you got to, I think you, you got to look at it like, again, early in the season, you are now starting Tyler Hero basically as your one, figuring out, again, I look at, I look at it as, you know, figuring out, still figuring out rotations with this team, figuring out who fits and how's the offense going to work. Uh, two games without Jimmy Butler. That's a big deal, even though he turned the ball over a, a, a decent amount in their last game that he played. Um, but I look at, as much as it is a big problem, uh, I do look at it as something that will get cleaned up. I'm more, I would be more concerned if the Heat were giving up a ton of points in the paint, or if the Heat weren't playing good defense, or if they weren't putting out effort every night other than the night that they lost by 47. Turnovers. It is a sloppy thing, but I do think there's a, some continuity getting figured out, uh, figuring out ball handling with Tyler and Jimmy in the starting lineup, no true point guard in the starting lineup. Um, how much is Bam going to handle, run the offense through Bam, those type of things that obviously over the course of a season will, will obviously get figured out. So it is a major issue, and they can't continue to turn the ball over like this, or they're going to... They're going to lose games. Like, like I would like with the Magic game, they should have won that game, but they kept turning. They turned the ball over all game, and they let the Magic just stay, stick around, stick around, stick around. And then in the fourth quarter, the Magic just couldn't miss a shot. Well, that's going to happen in the NBA if you let teams stick around. And now you look at it, and it's like, oh, the Magic are actually maybe a, a, a pre- better team than maybe thought they were going to be this year. But you let them stick around. We should have probably won game one and be three and one right now and potentially four and oh, you know, maybe you have momentum off of being two and oh coming into that Bucks game and you don't get blown out of the building. So the turnovers, it just gives the other team so much momentum to get out in the fast break, get easy buckets. Uh, it's, it's a good sign that you could turn the ball over 22 times and still win a game. It is a testament to the way the defense played. But it can't happen, and I think as the season progresses, it'll go, it'll regress back to where they normally are, which I think last year was around fourteen a game. But twenty a game being last in the NBA in turnovers is is the biggest problem right now. Obviously, Jimmy being hurt is the biggest problem. He'll be back eventually. Um, figuring out the rotations, which is always a Spolstra thing. But in terms of execution and playing the game, at two and two. A game that they should have won in game one and a fluky game in game three. I think the biggest thing that needs to get worked out on the floor from what I'm watching is the turnovers. And it's just sloppy play. It's just sloppy play. And 
I feel like as they get come together as a team and figure out how they want to play this, how this offense is going to work with new players and players playing uh, more extensive roles than what they had last year, it'll get better. But right now it's not great. And then watching the last two games, there were a couple roster questions that keep popping into my head. Uh, one is with the Mo Harkless situation and how bad he is. Now these are prob- these are overreactions. I'll just be flat out because it's game four. Uh, there's 68 games left in this shortened 72 game season. So there's a lot. Uh, these are more overreaction type of roster questions, but I think questions that a lot of Heat fans probably will sit there and ask themselves as they watch these games. Number one, how much will the Heat ultimately regret not giving Jay Crowder a second year? And I think when you look at the way he's playing for Phoenix, he played great the other night, two last night or two nights ago in a blowout win against New Orleans, who I think is actually a good team this year. But Jay Crowder still shooting the ball well, toughness, defense, all that. You know, when you see that four games into the season, we got to start Andre Iguodala at the four because Mo Harkless is not really cutting it yet and maybe won't cut it. Are you going to regret not giving Jay that month, that uh, giving Jay that extra year? And to that end, do you already start eyeing the market? And I'm sure if you're Pat Riley in that front office, you probably are eyeing the market. To Is there going to be another deal? Is there another Jay Crowder out there to potentially go get that plays that type of game that fits next to Bam like that. Because Jay was an absolute catalyst in the Heat's run to the finals. And I, I do still think that at the way Bam is in his progression of his game, although he's shooting the ball a little bit better from three, your best chance to win with this team is Bam at the five with a four who can stretch the floor and play defense. And then you can switch one through five and not feel like you have total complete mismatches, and that's what Jay Crowder brought to this team. Uh, so I would keep an eye on that situation, and 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 I would think that just like last year in the middle of the year when we traded for Andre Iguodala, but it turned out to be the Jay Crowder trade. I would I would expect the Heat to eventually pull the trigger on a deal like that because I I still think watching this team in only through four games, unless Mo Harkless can really turn it around and. Uh, play a role that maybe he's really not equipped to play. He's just been forced to play in in certain situations in his career. Um, then you're you're going to need to go get probably another guy like that. And I think the Heat have the capability to do that. Um, and then the other question, you know, roster question you you have to, you have to ask is watching the Heat, you know, offensively. Uh, through two through the over these last two games against the Bucks, uh, have you changed your mind, on or was your mind already set? And do you still feel like the Heat need to pull the trigger on James Harden? I've, I I literally flip my mind flip flops every single day. Like I see a game like this game game four Heat win one nineteen one oh eight against the Bucks. I see the way the upside that Tyler Hero has. I see the way this team plays and they fight and they grind it out and they defend. And I see that they can go toe to toe with just about anybody, especially when they have Jimmy. And I'm like, ugh, do you need to do it? 
But then I watched Tuesday night, and I'm like, oh, the, the Heat really cannot score the basketball without Jimmy Butler. But then they score 119 a night later. And then I watch James Harden through two games playing for a team that he absolutely doesn't give a shit about and doesn't want to be on. Not in shape yet, but he's still playing hard, and he's still just balling out of his mind. His, I mean, this guy comes back after not having a training camp, not working out, looking like he probably gained a few pounds in the offseason, and in game one has 44 points, 17 assists, a career high for a team that he doesn't want to be on. Basically carries this team that's not very good and is missing four, three of their main players because of COVID protocol to overtime against a Portland team that is actually looked up until tonight because they're getting the breaks beaten off of them right now by the Clippers as I'm recording this. They've looked pretty good. And 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 then you remember, oh yeah, he's James Harden, dude. Like you could say what you want about his success or failure in the playoffs. You can say what you want about what he's accomplished in his career. But we are talking about one of the greatest scorers in this generation and and if not one of the greatest scorers to ever play the game. And as you look around the Eastern Conference, as much as it would stink to, to get rid of Tyler Hero, and I know Heat fans love Tyler Hero, but you look around the East and the, the, the Nets are a problem. Kevin Durant is the best player in the East and arguably already at, at looking the way he looks, the second best player in the NBA. They are loaded. They lost Spencer Dinwiddie for the year, which is a huge hit, but they're still, they are a loaded team that can score a ton of points. Um, they, they put 145 on the Hawks tonight, who, by the way, speaking of the Hawks, put 141 on the Nets. They're now 3-1. and one. They were one of the only unbeaten teams left in the league. But obviously, they look like they're going to be able to score and go toe-to-toe with just about anybody. They're not going to be able to defend, but they're going to be able to score. Now, I don't know how good the Nets are going to be defensively, but you know that the Nets are a good team. Arguably one of the best teams in the NBA. Right, so they got better. The Hawks got better. That we saw what the what the Bucks have been are capable of two nights ago. The Pacers are three and one, and the Pacers watching them last night, they look like what I thought they might be a year ago, which was a really, really low key top of the East team with a healthy Victor Oladipo with that roster. So they look really good. The Sixers are three and one, and it seems like Doc Rivers maybe has figured out the right way to play Joel Embiid, which could be a problem. The Celtics are super talented. They still don't even have Kemba Walker. Uh, so my point is, is it time? You know, like after four games, how do you feel? I'm still on the fence about it. But I would say this. When you look around the East and you look at how Milwaukee, they didn't get a ton better, but the difference between Drew Holiday and Eric Bledsoe is a huge difference. The Nets are super talented. The Hawks brought in a ton of talent. Boston is super talented. And the Heat are super talented, but they're young. If there's an opportunity to go get James Harden, who is still maybe probably the second best scorer, pure scorer in the league behind Kevin Durant, but maybe the best pure scorer in the league, on a team that as great as Jimmy is and as great as I think Tyler can be, still lacks a guy who just wants to go out and get get buckets every night. And that's not always the best thing, 
But I do think that there's times where, I talked about it last week, Jimmy Butler is still very passive, even though he could score whenever he wants. He had these games where he only takes 12, 13 shots. Tyler Hero, obviously, is still trying to fit within the offense because he only took 13 shots or 14 shots without Jimmy Butler. There's going to be times where I think, you know, if you if you had James Harden against the Bucks the other night, I still you probably I mean you don't lose by 47. And also if you have Jimmy if you have James Harden, I, I just I don't know if you have James Harden with Jimmy Butler and Bam and Duncan if you don't have to give up Duncan, which I don't think I think Hero's value is going up and up. I don't know that you would at this point. That's a tough team. That that's an absurdly tough team to beat because you, you're still going to be a great defensive team. Because it's not like you're giving up. Like Tyler Hero is not like a defensive stud. He's a good defender. And even if you gave up Duncan, it's not like he's a defensive. So the, the defense would still be great. And then you'd just be adding one of the best scores in NBA history. And looking at this team and the the arms race that is the NBA, so few star players and so few great players and the way teams stack their teams up, maybe you go get him... A, because you you need to keep up in the arms race, but B, to keep him from going somewhere else. Because the last thing you could afford is him going to the Nets or even maybe to Philly. Because the way Joel Embiid's playing, if they give up Ben Simmons for James Harden, Philly's going to be an absolute terror too. So it's just things to think about. But it is four games into the season. And I think, you know, it came out that Philly wants to see how their roster looks right now. Before they try to pull a trigger on a hardened trade, that's probably what the Heat are doing. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm the more I watch this team, the more I lean towards if you can get Harden, you probably got to go get Harden. But we'll see. Two and two. Look decent. Don't look great. Look decent. So being two and two and just looking decent is a good thing. Um, and then you look at the schedule, the next few games through next week. Uh, your next game is next game is Friday against Dallas. Who is you know they are get they're getting smoked tonight by the Hornets, coming off of their fifty one point win against the Clippers. The NBA is weird, man. What a weird year the NBA in the NBA. Uh, but I by the way I picked Charlotte tonight plus eight they were plus eight against dallas i hammered that so that's that's money in my pocket so i'm good with that um and then you have okc who uh, you know I, I do another podcast and i've been it's more about the general the nba in general and i've been telling okc fans to just get ready because that team stinks they are awful and they're just going to get worse and worse and they're going to get hammered by more and more points throughout the year so that's two good games to get going and maybe figure out more of a rhythm. It's two very winnable games, games that should be wins. And I, I would hope, you know, l- looking ahead to next Wednesday, not that I'm looking past those teams because the NBA is weird and anything's possible. I, w- I It would be nice to go into Wednesday, next Wednesday night against the Celtics at home, four and two. And that's probably when I'll talk to you next after that Boston game. And we'll see where the Heat are at, you know. I think if the Heat can put together a three-game win streak going into Boston and and going to the Boston game and beat Boston, I think people are going to start to take notice again and say, "Oh yeah, yeah, this team, this team is is real. This is the team that we thought they were." You know, a fluke loss, lost to Orlando in Game One, not a big deal. They're now that 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 would put you at 
you know, that would put you at five and two. Now you're looking, now you're rolling. So a couple games, you obviously can't look overlook anybody, but a couple e- games that could be easier. Now, nothing's easy against Luka Doncic, but that team's, you know, they're still figuring some things out too. And like I said, Oklahoma City stinks. You, you got to win that. that. Those are games. Dallas, I wouldn't say is a must win all the time because they should be a playoff team again. And Luka is an MVP candidate. But championship level teams, playoff teams that make deep runs, they they smoke teams like Oklahoma City. So I'm actually keeping an eye on that OKC game. Like you, you got to win that game by 10 or more. And the line will probably be 10 at home. But those are the type of games I keep an eye on a lot of times in the regular season because you just you, you can't get beat you can't get you can't get beat by a team like that. And I don't think they will. So and I think it'll be a good game to work out some kinks too these next couple games so that's where we're at right now heater two and two huge i mean it's it 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 may be overstating to say a a win in the fourth game of the year is huge but after the way the heat lost on tuesday night what a huge win for miami 119 108 against the bucks uh in the fourth game of the season the heater now two and two and you know things are things look good i think things are trending the right way I'm excited to see where this team goes because I still think their ceiling is winning the East. And I think we'll continue to see them progress. And it's going to be fun. It'll be a fun week of games, Dallas, OKC. And then I'll see you guys next Wednesday after the Boston game. Thanks for listening. Go subscribe, rate, and review. Help us us grow this thing. And uh, I'll see you next week. And as always, Heat Nation. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.